You're listening to Hello Vancouver. I'm your host, Temple Lentz. Today I'm speaking with Vancouver Mayor Tim Levitt. Levitt is coming up on the end of his second four-year term as Vancouver's mayor, and he opted not to run for re-election. I asked him to have a conversation with me about the last eight years as mayor, what he's accomplished, what he's proud of, and what still remains to be done in the city of Vancouver. We met down at the city's waterfront where the new waterfront development is being built. I'm here now with Vancouver Mayor Tim Levitt, and we are standing down on Vancouver's waterfront at the foot of Esther Street at the intersection of Columbia Way, where the new waterfront development is taking place. Tim, thanks for joining me. Happy to be here, Temple. Well, this is pretty exciting. We're down here where one of the biggest development developments in Vancouver's recent history is happening, and it has taken place during your term. I also know, though, that it's taken a long time for it to come to fruition. So you were actually on city council, I believe, when this whole thing got started. Can you talk a little bit about what we're looking at and where we are in the process of this waterfront development? Well, certainly this waterfront development project is very transformational for the city of Vancouver, for the citizens of our community, and frankly, for the entire metro area. Some 32-plus acres of revitalized waterfront 20-plus square blocks, over a billion dollars of private investment is expected to occur. But uh, there's a restaurant building coming up right now. There's the pier that juts out into the Columbia River as part of the waterfront trail and the waterfront park, seven-acre waterfront park that's being constructed. A lot of construction activity right now. We're standing on a site where there's uh, proposed to be a future hotel and condominium building. Uh, and there are other blocks that are in various stages of permitting and design right now as we speak. We also have, uh, there's a crane. It's, after a really long recession, it's exciting to see cranes and building happening right here in downtown Vancouver. Certainly one of the goals I had coming in as mayor of our city was to work towards getting construction cranes in our downtown and across the city for that matter. just happens that the taller buildings are in the downtown and that besides the crane that's on the waterfront now, there's a, another one in the uptown village uh, constructing a multi-story, multi-family uh, mixed-use project. So there's a lot of activity occurring right now. The economy is good. Unemployment is low, investment is high, people are excited, and there's great opportunity in Vancouver. If you look across the Portland metro area, Vancouver has for many years largely been overlooked, and I think people are starting to realize that we have a a great community to raise a family in, to start a business, uh, to create a career and opportunities for yourself and enjoy the recreation that we have to offer. Uh, And Vancouver is really a hotbed right now because of that. So it's been an honor for me as mayor to serve the citizens of our community and the community that I grew up in and and be a part of this transformation and this evolution of Vancouver from Mayberry, which, you know, not that many years ago it really was, into a thriving, growing, urbanized city right on the waterfront of the mighty Columbia River. So... Vancouver really is just coming into its own right now. This is an incredible time for Vancouver. Uh, You're coming up to the end of your second four-year term as mayor. Uh, If this is such a great time for Vancouver, why are you you not running again? (laughs) Well, that's a great question, Temple. I 
you know, as I said, it's been an honor and a pleasure to serve this community that I grew up in. And uh, between being a council member and being the mayor, the end of this term will be 15 years. And prior to that, I served on the Planning Commission for a year and a half. So I, I've been at it for quite a while and have enjoyed being engaged and involved. But there does come a time when it's appropriate to, you know, pass the proverbial baton to to the next um, level of leadership. And a lot of politics is about timing. And uh, I would... I would be lucky to be able to go out as mayor at a time like this when Vancouver is on a high and so many great things have happened over the past eight years. Uh, so it's been a great pleasure. It's been very time-consuming as well. I mean, the reality of being mayor of a growing city like Vancouver is it's contrary to what some will continue to say inaccurately, being mayor of the city uh, this size is not a part-time job. And and uh, the reality is juggling two jobs for the past uh, 15 years is, uh, well, it's been very enjoyable. It's prevented me from doing a lot of personal things with my life. And, uh, you know, it's it's appropriate for me to pass the baton and move on and let somebody else uh, take the reins of the city leadership and continue to move Vancouver forward. Is there a specific candidate in the upcoming mayoral race that you're backing? Well, there's a litany of candidates running for the position of mayor. Certainly the most qualified is uh, my colleague on the city council, Ann McInerney Ogle. Uh, in fact, there really aren't any other qualified candidates running for the position. Ann has uh, four years of experience on the city council and many, many years of community engagement and volunteerism. So I feel comfortable that she's got a good grasp on the issues that uh people face each and every day in our community. She has a good grasp on what the city issues are right now, uh, those issues that are in process and uh, have recently been completed that she's participated in, and, and I think she's got a good vision for moving the community forward. Looking back over the last eight years as mayor, what are some accomplishments that you're really proud of that, that we've gotten done here since you've been mayor? Well, you know, being mayor of a city like this is really, uh, it's about being a steward of the public resources and being uh, the chairman of the board, if you will, for a team. Much like the quarterback of the football team, the mayor gets too much credit at times and gets too much criticism. And I feel that I've been blessed to have a pretty good city council to work with over the past eight years and certainly a great city manager and management staff at the city of Vancouver. And so as a team, uh, I'm really pleased that we've been able to accomplish quite a bit. And I think, you know, some of those accomplishments are more noticeable to the public than others. I think certainly this waterfront development project, which I as mayor had the responsibility of continuing to steward forward. um, I think the implementation of the bus rapid transit system uh, through our relationship with CTRAN and uh, I think the passage by the city council of a transportation benefit district to uh, more strongly invest in our road system to create better accessibility, uh, better bicycle mobility, safer streets, uh, better technology in our signalization. That's certainly a great accomplishment. I think our relationship with the city employees has improved dramatically over the past eight years. Again, something that maybe the citizens of our community don't see, but 
you know, there is great morale at the city of Vancouver right now because of the relationship between management and labor. And I think because of the the ability of our city manager to, to be a great manager of people and of the organization. And then I think I would say probably one of the greatest accomplishments in my mind that really is behind the scenes is, is a straightening out of the city's finances. You know, when I took over as mayor and in 2010, we were in the depths of the recession. City finances were really not in very good shape at all. We had to make some tough decisions, but, um, you know, in cutting programs and laying people off. But we really righted the ship from a financial perspective for the city. And in making those tough decisions, we set the stage for greater opportunity for prosperity when the economy did return. And so now the city is set very well financially, not completely out of the out of the dark on on sustainable financing of city programs, but it's set set up very well. What are some things that uh, haven't been finished during your term or things that maybe you had hoped to get done but haven't been able to? That's a great question. I think there's a couple of couple of things that really are important to me and I hope will continue to be a, a focus of city efforts under the new mayor and city council and city leadership and that is a continued effort to invest in and revitalize the fourth plane corridor and, and a continued effort to improve pavement conditions and trail accessibility in certain areas of our community where there is not uh, available those good connections for pedestrians and bicycles. I can think particularly of uh, the Evergreen, Old Evergreen Highway, where we've started to uh, improve the pavement conditions and we've started to build uh, a trail and sidewalk so that pedestrians have safe accessibility. Those are long term projects, but I hope that they will continue uh, under new city leadership. I have to say, probably one of the I, well, let me just say, I think the city council that I've worked with over the past eight years has nine times out of ten nailed the right decision on the head. Um, I think that one of the one of the issues that we stumbled on was addressing the compensation of city council members and the mayor, and I hope that that issue is taken up again uh, in the near future so that there is really an appropriate level of compensation that is provided to people that are giving so much of their time and resources and efforts to setting policy and being good representatives for the citizens of our community. So, yeah, for folks who uh, may not know what the mayor is talking about, earlier last year, there was uh, the, the city's salary review commission met, and they, they're the ones who can make recommendations about the potential for increasing city council and the mayor's salary, and it's a citizen commission. And they did bring forward a proposal to increase salaries, but that didn't end up going through. Can you talk a little bit more about um, about what exactly happened in that and, and where you stood on it? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, the Salary Review Commission meets every few years to evaluate the compensation of the mayor and council. And for many years in the recent past, um, the compensation was adjusted by maybe a percentage or two or not adjusted at all. Uh, the Salary Review Commission this time around decided, you know what, we, we need to make a a, a larger adjustment. And actually, they did propose a quite a large adjustment. As I recall, it was almost double for for both the mayor and the council. And I believe that an adjustment was necessary. And knowing how much effort is necessary to be a good mayor for our city, 
on how much time is required uh, for somebody who's dedicated to the job. You know, it's tough to do uh, on a salary of $27,000 a year. So, of course, I've been juggling these two jobs. But my position was that the increase should have happened. Uh, there were people in our community that took exception to the recommended increase, including, you know, my predecessors, the prior two mayors, uh, prior city council members, and other citizens. And they ended up uh, collecting signatures to force the issue of the compensation adjustment to either the ballot for the upcoming general election or a council decision to even allow the issue to move forward. And our council decided not to allow the issue to move forward. Um, I think, you know, there was a lot of squeaky wheels complaining about it and some disingenuous information and rhetoric out there. But uh, at the end of the day, if you want to be a good council member, you want to be a good mayor, it takes a lot of time and effort for a big city like this. It's certainly the mayor's job is not part time. Again, to be a good uh, to be a good mayor, and the compensation should be adjusted accordingly. I had a lot of people after this all fell out come to me and uh, express their disbelief at the current compensation levels of the mayor and their disbelief at the rhetoric they heard in the opposition by some to an adjustment. And so, I, I again, I'm hopeful that it'll come back again because I believe that the job. Uh, ought to be done by somebody who cares about the community and it ought to be available uh, to a broader range of individuals, not just retirees or somebody who maybe has an income, a passive income otherwise. Vancouver's form of city government is dramatically different from Portland's. And so can you talk a little bit about what the structure uh, of the mayor and council in relationship with the city manager is and uh, a little bit about what what the role of the mayor is. Sure. Well, Vancouver has a council manager form of government where the council is uh, tasked by charter with creating policy for the city. And the one employee that the city council uh, oversees is the city manager. The council hires and fires and provides direction, policy direction to the city manager. And the city manager's job is then to oversee the organization and to implement the policy of the city council. Um, the council sets rules, changes ordinance, adopts ordinances, um, serves as ambassadors and emissaries for the citizens of our community, um, and works as a team with the mayor to uh, address policy issues. And the mayor's responsibility is really akin to chairman of the board, facilitating the meetings, serving as the voice of the city council, um, meeting and representing the city at the regional level, at the state level, at the federal level, um, ceremonial responsibilities, welcoming new businesses and conventions and uh, to our community, meeting with students, uh, going, into, going into the classroom, helping educate and inform our citizens about what the city actually does, and uh, really being that lead cheerleader and, and voice for the city of Vancouver. So a couple of things that are really coming to the forefront right now for the city are uh, affordable housing and also transportation. I mean, there is the 
the I-5 bridge and all of the baggage that goes along with that, but also largely because of the traffic on the bridge, we're seeing increased gridlock in, in the city of Vancouver as a whole. Can you talk about what the future might lead to on the, the housing issue and also then on transportation within the city? Sure. Well, let's tackle transportation first. Fortunately, we in the city of Vancouver, as I've mentioned, have done our part as far as more robust investment in our local streets. Really, the demise of the Columbia River Crossing project, which would have replaced this antiquated bridge and improved all the interchanges in a five-mile corridor here, was pretty tragic for our community and for the region from a socioeconomic perspective to a uh, environmental quality perspective to a mobility perspective. Uh, we were just about there, just about there, and thanks to really three state senators and uh, a, a gaggle of local opponents of the project, you know, it died after $200 million was spent and over a thousand public meetings and many, many hours of effort by myself and others to get this much-needed infrastructure investment. It unfortunately went to the wayside. So because the project went away doesn't mean, of course, the problem went away. And, and as we expected, as anybody who was paying attention expected, traffic has gotten dramatically worse. The economy has improved. More people are moving into our region. Without effective and efficient mobility choices, many don't have any alternative but to get into their car. The congestion has just mounted up dramatically, and the flow over, the spillover, I guess, uh, into our city streets has been pretty dramatic. We are seeing it more and more uh, in downtown in particular, and then, of course, along Highway 14 and 164th Avenue. The impacts of congestion um, cannot be overestimated. It's just, it's significant. It's it's detrimental to the sanity, I think, of people that have to commute back and forth um, and are trying to catch up with their family at the end of the day or maybe pick up their kids from school or from the babysitter and get food on the table. And, and then we could talk about the economics of congestion all day long, but we know that it it's, uh, impacts our community in a negative way to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars every year. So because the, the project went away, the, the, the challenge hasn't, the problem hasn't, and I, I appreciate that there's an effort now to re-engage conversations with Oregon. They seem to be on a path of their own in talking about transportation infrastructure, and now uh, the topic of tolls has come up again, which I think is an important conversation to have and a necessary conversation because it's part of the financing of all the improvements that need to occur. But I, I hope that uh, as we move forward, you know, there'll be more effective and level-headed leadership uh, in certain sectors of our government that will actually desire to get something done and be, will, be willing to compromise on some of their ideological opposition to, you know, transportation choices and, frankly, allow light rail to extend from Jansen Beach into downtown Vancouver. And on housing. We've seen largely because more people are able to start looking at homes, but also because the market in Portland has gotten so bad, a lot of folks are moving up here, and we're finding we have a similar problem to what they have with is just a lack of inventory of mid- and lower-range housing. What is the city going to be able to do to help remedy that? 
Yes, it's a difficult situation, not only for Vancouver, but for many other communities. You know, I think one of the other accomplishments I'm proud, I'm proud of is that um, I chaired the uh, Affordable Housing Task Force. We met uh, throughout 2015 and ended up making recommendations to the city council to consider uh, to address affordable housing issues. There's no silver bullet, certainly, but there are things that we could do as a city to help improve availability of affordable housing. And one of those uh, recommendations was for the city council to consider putting on the ballot a proposition, a voter-approved proposition, to raise property taxes to help fund the construction and retainage of affordable housing. We're so blessed that the voters of our community did support that proposition. And so now for the next half dozen years, there's a chunk of money that's going to be going to build an estimated 700 to 800 units of affordable housing. It won't solve the problem, Proposition 1. Um, we're seeing an increase in homelessness continue because of rising rental rates. Uh, I think a point-in-time count recently completed by some of the homeless service providers estimated somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 people uh, that are chronically homeless. Um, and, and we're hearing about it and seeing it on our streets, particularly in downtown. And so there's a lot more work that needs to happen. The city continues to work with our partners in the nonprofit community and the affordable housing uh, providers and the homelessness services providers, figuring out what is the next best step. Do we, do we need to build uh, certain types of projects in our community? Do we need to build a shelter? Do we, do we need to disperse um, homelessness services throughout our community? Will that be effective? Uh, does the city have a stronger role to play? I think some of our city council members want the city to be even more proactive in supporting homelessness services, affordable housing services, uh, than we are now. Um, so you're in your in your private sector job, you're an engineer and you've worked both as mayor and as an engineer and know a, with a lot of developers and know a lot of developers. And one of the things that uh, comes out is that, you know, it is just more cost effective, better return on investment for a developer to build a higher end, whether it's a home or a, a multifamily unit, to build something that has a higher price point because they can end up making more on it. And so a lot of what we've been hearing about with the potential for uh, ways that affordable housing funds can be used or other incentives from the city is basically offering uh, tax incentives and rebates for developers to produce these units. Since you're involved in this community, I'm curious, are there other things besides just the finance, just basically paying developers to build more affordable housing? Is there anything else that offers an incentive that uh, that the city has at its disposal? Yeah, there sure are. Uh, you know, get, uh, getting a, a home from the planning stages to the finished construction and actually up for sale, there's a lot of steps along the way. And the city's role, direct role in some of those steps, really has to do with the permitting. And so we've really worked diligently at the city, and this is another thing that I'm really proud of, uh, to streamline our permitting process. The city now has all digital online submissions, so there's no more taking reams of plans and reports and documents down and dumping them on the city counter, the permit counter. It's, it can be all uh, done online now. 
the city has a streamlined review process uh, where somebody can get a building permit uh, and a land use approval for their apartment complex um, in in 90 days or thereabouts with the city's timeline. Uh, there's also impact fees that um, that the city uh, places on new projects, and we have recently taken action to allow for the waiver of impact fees for affordable housing projects. So, you know, when you start to add all these different things up, whether it's our property tax abatement program, which we allow for multifamily projects, uh, like the project that we're standing in front of here, the future project on the waterfront, uh, property tax abatements, uh, streamlined permitting process, waiver of impact fees for affordable housing projects. Those are, you know, direct role. That's a direct role that the city plays in, in the um, process from getting a house or a project from planning conceptualization to construction and for sale. So we've, I think we've done a good job on our part. Uh, there are certainly other aspects of affordable housing which are outside of our control, as you mentioned, the cost of construction, the value of land in our community because it's such a great place to live and the demand to live here is so high. Um, you know, there's only so much land that can be built on in the city of Vancouver. And uh, we're realizing, like many communities, that we can't go out. We need to go up, right? And there are construction costs tied to going up. And so we don't have control on those kinds of things. Um, but where we do, I think we've made great strides in, in helping create opportunities for more affordable housing. Vancouver Mayor Tim Levitt, thank you so much for talking with us. It's been a pleasure, Temple. Go Vancouver. And that's our show. Thanks again for being here. I'm Temple Lentz, and this has been Hello Vancouver. If you'd like to find out more about Hello Vancouver or check out videos of our live stage show, you can do that at hellovancouver.us. We're produced by High Five Media and look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. Thanks.